Well, if you'll take your Bible this morning and turn with me to the book of Romans, chapter number 12, if you would please, Romans chapter number 12, and uh, we will see what God has for us today. I am so glad that you're here, and I trust that you come to hear from the Lord. Hope you're just not here because it's Sunday and just because it's time for church. Hope you came. Lord, speak to me. Lord, give me a word. Lord, help me for this next week. Amen? All right. I don't have a sermon title because I didn't have time to study. Because I've been in the hospital all night, babysitting a weakling redhead by the name of our pastor, Andrew Wolfenbarger. But uh, he'll, he'll be back uh, doing what he's supposed to do. I, I didn't know how much I missed him. I thought I had to take the offering. I had to make the announcements. And, you know, We might be able to do without him. <laughs> he better get better quick. <laughs> right. All right. Okay. Now this is, a, this is a marvelous scripture. It is absolutely, it's one of them mind-boggling kind of scriptures. And if you read Romans chapter number 11 and start uh, realizing what God has done and what God has done with the nation of Israel and, and um, how he illustrates the grafting in of the Gentile to the Jew and and uh, it, it's a wonderful thing. And then he sums up the chapter in verses 33. What's this? 11, Romans 11, verse 33. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. Just look at the human anatomy. We think computers are complex. We think the splitting of the atom was intelligent. Well, who made the atom? I mean, God split it before there's ever a splitter. the complexity of society. And God put it together in one day. We're spending billions and trillions trying to get to outer space. And God holds it all in the palm of his hand. You say, I got problems. Now, if you've got God... God can handle the problem. All the depths, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who hath known the mind of the Lord or who hath been his counselor. I know some preachers that think they're smarter than God. I know a lot of folk think they're smarter than God. 
The Bible said, and who hath first given to him? What do you have you did not receive? When you came into this world, you were bald-headed, toothless, and naked. So anything you've got is an achievement. <laughs> you say, I don't have much, but uh, look like you got more than you had when you got here. Hmm? In this wonderful scripture, you, you know, I don't even have to preach. I could just read the next verse and we could close and go home and say we've had church. Or who hath first given to him, and it shall be recompensed unto him again. For of him, and through him, and to him are all things. To whom be glory forever. Amen. What you've got in your pocket, is it going to give God the glory? What you drove the church this morning, you going to give God the glory for that? That one you married, you going to give God, Jay, you, you need to. I know that guy. So. Now, I don't admit it in public, but inside here, I, I will admit that I know that guy. And because of all of that, because of the riches, because of the wisdom of God, the depth of his knowledge, the depth of his wisdom, he knows all. He can do all. He is everywhere, all the time. And because of that, and because of who he is, because of what he's done, and because of what he can do, and because of what he will do, verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, I beseech you therefore, brethren, chapter 12, verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your body a living sacrifice. Holy. Acceptable unto God which is your Reasonable service. It's not unreasonable for God to ask us of our all since he has given his all. Now watch this. For you all. A little southern, southern twist in there. And be not conformed to this world but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now our text for today. 
For I say through the grace that is given to me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we, being many, are one body in Christ. And every one members one of another. No member in your body is misjointed. Every member in your body is intimately connected to another member. And all of those members take orders from the head. Meaning that every member is important and necessary. Amen. Our Father today, for just a little while this morning, help us to dive into the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God, who is the author of the church, who is the author of redemption, who saw through the times of eternity and down through time has seen mankind and initiated a program by which he could be redeemed from the curse of the law, could be saved from the depths and hollows of hell, and to be placed into an institution there to live a meaningful and productive eternal life that would go from this life into the one that will last forever. Help us, dear Lord, today to look past the immediate of now and look into eternity for just a while. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The story is told about a very successful businessman who was involved in the men's movement in America. One day he was very, very preoccupied in his office. And his son came running into the office so enthused and excited he didn't know what to say. And he walked into his dad's office and said, Dad, I made the football team. And dad didn't raise his head and said, Are you a starter? Are you a starter? Are you riding a pine? 
Are you starting? I wonder if maybe that's our mindset. We're not worth much unless we're starting. We're not worth much unless we're on the platform. We're not worth much unless we've got a tag on our name. I think maybe that question is hurting society and the church in particular. Our worth is determined not by intrinsic values, but extrinsic positions. How much do we have in the bank? What kind of car did we drive to church this morning? Uh, What part of the neighborhood do we live in? Very early in life, we begin to train our children that way. What uh, is your score down at school? How many points you scored and how many yards did you gain? And what club do you belong to down at the school? And uh, what's your resume? I'm just wondering today, are you a starter or are you just a player? I just wonder today, is our importance in this world determined by what we bring to the table? If so, we would have made Nicodemus in the Bible a deacon on the first day he showed up at church. (laughs) After all, he was a member of Pharisees. He had position and power. Have we adapted the the mindset of uh, we're just more important if we know somebody, if we know something, if we have something, if we can do something, The church has done the same thing that the world has done. Our importance is determined by what we bring to the table. You want to see who's important, you can go out this door here and down the hall. You see those folk back there that don't get much glory corralling 150, 200 bus kids that nobody cares anything about. Those who had to help some of those kids dress this morning. Sit back there in the mezzanine. I guess that's what that is. That what that goes around that building back there. Watch them little bus, hungry bus kids come through there. Grabbing those donuts and donut holes. You know why we buy donut holes? They last longer. I think maybe... We've adapted the mindset. I can't serve down at the church because I ain't been to seminary yet. I can't do anything. After all, I'm just a plumber. Do you know we have toilets at least? I can't do anything. I'm just a carpenter. You know, Sean tears up boards every week and he's being nailed back together. Well, I can't do anything. You know our grass grows too. 
Well, I, I just, I think maybe we missed the boat. I think maybe we determine our value by our production or our position instead of who we are. Do you know how much it costs God to redeem you? If Trump saved the same amount to redeem him. Trillionaire. Billionaire. Do you know how much love it took for God to send his only begotten son down the staircase of eternity and get off in Bethlehem's manger there in the form of a little bitty baby? be raised in obscurity and poverty and be cruelly treated, beaten, blasphemed, persecuted, and hung on a cross. You know how important you are to God? Well, I'm not as important as you. Look at all the degrees you got. I'm about as important as the thermometer. I've got no more degrees than a thermometer. And my daddy said a long time ago, one more curl and a pig's tail don't make any more pork. Hello. I think maybe we're confused about some things. It's not the number of figures in your salary. It's not where you live. It's not where you what you drive. It's not if you start or you're the second stringer, or you're riding a pine, or you're saved. Well, what did it cost God to save you? It cost him more to save me. Now, he's a lot worse than I am. But it takes the same grace to save him and save you. And I want you to get out of this mindset. I'm not as important as old brother so-and-so. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. How many of you folk ever seen my pancreas? I didn't know I had one until it got infected here a while back. Have you given much thought today to your pancreas? Do you need it? Who put it in there? Have you ever thought, I said this Wednesday night, you said, well, you shouldn't repeat it because this is Sunday. Have you ever thought about this? Do you know how important your big toe is? Have you given a thought today to just Bow your knee and thank God for your big toe. No, you spent all your time with this this morning. You moved it around. You blow dried it. You stretched it. You straightened it. You did everything in the world with it. You took 55 minutes on each eye trying to get them going in the right direction. You painted lips that don't need to be painted. You spent 
hours on that which is visible. But I bet you could have done without that. Try, try doing it with your pancreas. Uh, try, try, try it with the big toes if you lose your balance. See, that which we spend all our time on, that which we think is so important, that which we think we cannot do without, and we neglect and take for granted those things, those members that are necessary. You are necessary. You say, well, I don't get to preach. You don't do tonight, Andrew's sick. (laughs) And if you don't, I'll have to. That means no nappy-nappy for the preacher this evening. That means he'll be digging and trying to find something to say to try to persuade you folks to come back next week. I want to talk to you for just a minute this morning. You're in the game, but are you starting? And if you're not starting, then you're not on the platform, and you're not in the visual. Uh, uh, If you're not on the always being noted, are you important? Do we need you? Huh? Notice, if you would, please, three words, and I want to show you this quickly. I have 15 minutes. Why 15 minutes? I don't know. It just, everybody thinks you ought to be out at 12 on Sunday. So I have 15 minutes. Now, I want you to notice three words, three words, and uh, you can write them down in your Bible. You can write them on the back of your hand if you don't do anything you want. I want to talk, talk about three words. Number one, graced, G-R-A-C-E-D, graced. For by grace are you saved. That, not of yourselves, not of works, lest any man should boast. I just believe that God was good when 50 years ago he stopped by my house in Farmer's Branch, Texas and reached so far down in the pits of sin and picked up an absolute reprobate like myself and placed in me the Holy Spirit of God. And gave me a new heart, a new desire, a new life. And I just did not deserve it. That's grace. Amen. If your wife cooks you another meal, that's grace. Brother Collins, I didn't mean for her to look at you when you said, when I said that. So it's hamburgers tonight and see around your place. (laughs) Hmm? If you get to wake up and see the sun rise again, that's grace. Hmm? If you walk out today and you breathe in God's fresh oxygen, that's grace. 
We need to pray for the folk in East Texas who experienced that traumatic, traumatic, destructive deal last night. Oh, it didn't hit in Joshua. That's grace. That's grace. Could you think about a word graced? The second word I'd like to talk to you about is grafted. 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 Third word, and we'll close, is gifted. Gifted. Graced, grafted, and gifted. Grace. Verse 3 in your Bible of Romans chapter number 12. The Bible says this. Notice, for I say, through the grace given unto me. The grace given unto me. Now you tell me why all the billions in the earth that is not saved, still on their way to hell, good people who pay their debts, good daddies, good mamas, good people, you tell me in the midst of all of that, why did God give me grace? Why did God allow me the faith, the insight, the privilege of changing my destination from hell to heaven. Changing my attitude to me to somebody else. Changing me from a careless daddy to a daddy who loves his kids with all of his heart. Change me from a gambling, fighting, hell-raising, drinking uh, individual to a fellow who loved the Bible, loved his kids, and give his business away to start off the Bible college. Why me? Grace. You know why you're saved today? Not because you're prettier than anybody else. Not because you're prettier than anybody else. Not because you're wealthier than anybody else. Not because you're smarter than anybody else. Not because you're anybody because of anybody else. You're saved because of grace. For by grace are you saved, the Bible said, through faith. And thou not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Man. We have no right to be proud. We have no right. You are Of infinite worth to God. How much are you worth to God? For God so loved you. That he gave his only begotten son. Now I have three sons. Three sons. None of them very smart. None of them. Well let's just say. They were not the pick of the litter. But I love them. They're different as day and night. Honest. You you will not even think they came from the same state, let alone the same family. Some of them act like this, born in the Appalachian Mountains. And they were. Some of them act like they were born in California. And they were. 
and Andrew, born in Texas, and he was. But I love him. Love him. I love him in spite of him. That's kind of how God feels about us. You're not going to heaven because you deserve it. You're going to heaven because God loves you. An infinite, caring, forgiving, eternal, infinite love. That's grace. Amen. Some of you ladies married your husband because of grace. And then after you got married, you said, Lord, help me. Come on, say amen now. You know I'm not about that. I think maybe sometime God might feel the same way about us. Amen. Grace. Now listen while I read you something. Listen. All the depth of the riches. Both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. He knew us, yet he loved us. He knew us, and yet he saved us. He knew us, and he still puts up with us. That's the depths of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. Amen. Let me ask you something. How long would you put up with you? Just ask him. Your worth is not determined by your position. Our worth is not dependent or determined by our prestige. Our worth is not determined by our checkbook. Our worth to God is not dependent upon our production. Or our education, or our degrees, or our accomplishment, our worth to God, our infinite worth to God, is dependent upon His grace toward us. So now, I read another verse, verse 3. To every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Then he ought to think soberly. Trouble with us, we either think we're worth a lot or we're not worth very much. Or a preacher get out of the way and let me do it because I can do it or I can't do anything. Let me ask something. Are you starting? Because <laughs> you're not starting in this mind of society. You're not worth much. If you're not a first round draft pick, are you starting? Well, thank God for grace. Amen. I said, thank God for grace. 
Man, when I was playing basketball in high school, I was just glad to get a jersey. Now, mine was a different color from all the other guys. Because <laughs> I was a star. Amen. And they had a special place for me down on the end of the bench. That's down on the end. Marked it off, said, Gene, that's yours. So nobody could get in my seat. But I stayed there during the whole game. <laughs> you probably already got the drift. I wasn't starting. <laughs> and my dad didn't care. <laughs> they didn't come to the game anyhow. Are you starting? I said, are you starting? That's grace. Can I give you another word? Grafted. It's just a little word, grafted. I'd kind of like to help you a little bit. We're graced. God has given us grace. And with that grace, he's given us new life in Christ. And I'm glad of that. But we've been grafted into the body of Christ. Verse 4 and 5. I've got four minutes. 4 and 5. For as we have many members in one body, all the members have not the same office. So we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Now the question is, what is Christ's body and what is this all about is the church just a bunch of buildings with a bunch of programs with the same program every Sunday morning we sing two verses of one song shake hands play another song sing two hymns take an offering take that back to the office Put it in the preacher's desk, lock in his desk so he can go buy a good coon dog after church. <laughs> What's this all about? Why are you here? What are you doing here? What? Church? What in the world is a church anyhow? Oh, we got churches everywhere in the world. I read over in Ephesians chapter number one this morning. And I thought I'd just read it to you. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 22 and verse 23. It says, And he hath put all things under his feet, the reference is Christ, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. Now look up here, please. This is not the best looking head in the place, this one. But I don't see one I'd trade it for. <laughs> this is the head. It's from here all the commands, all the authority, all the desires, all the plans, 
All the goals originate here. And everything in this body reacts to this. He, Christ, is the head of the body. Now what we've got to do is find out what the body is. Next verse. Next verse. Which is his body. The fullness of him that filleth all in all. So we see in verse 22 that he is the head of the church, which is his body. Does anybody got that? Okay. Does this hand affect the body? Is this hand useful to the body? If this hand is not active, the body does not die, but the body is not effective. Do you know what sideline one of the greatest basketball centers that has ever existed? His name is Shaq. You know what? Put him on the bench. He hurt his big toe. Do you know what keeps you balanced? You know why the church is unbalanced? We've got too many big toes. They don't like being big toes. They want to be a finger. What if you're the big toe in Christ's body? And you decided to go to the lake Sunday. Well, I ain't hurting nothing. Now, where did that thought come from? Would it hurt anything if my big toe went to the lake today and left me here? Are we having fun yet? Well, uh, the church don't miss me. Hey, look, if the church is a body and Christ is its head, and you are the members. Would you rethink that again? There's more to this thing than it just being Sunday at 10 o'clock. This is the body of Christ. And where the head is, the body ought to be there also. So, when you got saved, you got grafted Spiritually speaking, into the body of Christ. Well, now, what is grafting all about? Well, when I was in school, they taught me that grafting was the art of taking a high-yielding variety of a species, the branch, for instance, from an apple tree, the branch that is of a variety of high production and they take that branch and they sever it from its original body 
And then they find a like source and graft that into a hardy root system. And they graft it in, and now they have the hardy root system and the high production branch grafted as one. And God takes us, us, potential, high productive, potential for Christ, and grafted in to his body, the church, of which he's the head, from which comes the wisdom and the knowledge and the power to do greater feats than you could ever done in the original condition being in Adam. And in Adam all die, but in Christ all are made alive. Important, are you? Yeah. You are grafted. You have been graced. I close. You have been gifted. Ephesians chapter, I think it is, I read for you Ephesians 4 and 7. And the Bible says, now listen, and I'm closing. Ephesians 4 and 7. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. To every one of us, to every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. There's others, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. And God gives us these gifts. My hand must perform as a hand or the body is handicapped. It does not mean it's a perfect hand. In fact, I just had it operated on here a while back. And they said, bring me the other one and I'll operate on it. So since it didn't do any good for this one, I'm just going to keep this one like it is. I had corporal tunnel. I don't even know what that is. I had no idea I had a tunnel. And how it got corporal, I have no idea. But I'll be sitting around and that hand will just have immediate shock and pain. Just go through it. It'll just go up there like that. So I was thinking last night, I just cut it off sort of way because after all, it may want to go fishing next Sunday. As much as it hurts with arthritis, I think I'll keep it. You say, why? Because I need it. Now, you may be a pain. But I need you. Now, 
His hand may act like it don't need the arm, but I think they're jointed together. I think maybe they're joined one to another. This arm may say, you sure are a lot of pain. But I think I need you. You may not be a starter. <laughs> you may be riding a pine right now after all these years. But I think I'll keep you around. You getting adrift? I said, you getting adrift? You know what's wrong with our church? You. You. And I. We're what's wrong with our church. And God has given us gifts. And God has given us abilities. To make the church what it ought to be for the glory of God. Hmm? Uh, as you know, we, we bought a farm. We, we, we bought a farm, what, three or four months ago? Beautiful farm. Had big, huge barns. Boy, we got great plans for our barns. You know, kind of like the guy. I'm going to build greater barns and put all our goods in it. But the way God decided we only needed one barn, didn't need two. Because when that wind came through, our first barn was in Texarkana. <laughs> it's gone. Gone. Had to cut the electrical power off. So, had no water and the pump wouldn't work because we had to cut the water and cut the electricity off. So, we need an electrician. I guess I could have called SNS Acme Electrician, come out, and we could have doled out the money and paid for it. But I, I thought maybe God gave us talents in the church where folk might love the church enough. The body might work together for good and glory of God. I called an electrician in our church. Yesterday, he and I spent the entire day out putting electricity on, and it turned on. I took him to lunch and bought his lunch. I thought that ought to be worth McDonald's Happy Meal. <laughs> I said, Now, please don't order, supersize it, because you didn't do that much work. I said, what do you? He said, nothing. I just need a blessing. Nothing. I just need a blessing. What would you charge? This morning, I put my shoes on. I said, hands, would you tie them? He said, $10 a shoe. Are you listening? Oh, the depths. Oh, the depth of the wisdom and the knowledge 
of God. It's unsearchable. God put us in this place that this place might be a vibrant, zealous, exciting, attractive body that others that's on their way to hell might want to stop in and see what makes this place so special. And all of God's people said, Amen. And by the way, God's not out of grace. If you're not saved, you could be saved today. By the same grace, it's the gift of God. If you're not a member of a church, you need to be a member of a church. You need to be grafted in to a living organism, not a dead organization. Amen. And when you got saved, God gifted you. That you might perform that which a member is supposed to perform. 